Hey, welcome to One Creative Act. This is a heartfelt conversation with purposeful dreamers, innovators, and community heroes who turn simple creative actions into their greatest adventures and biggest contributions to the world. I'm your host, Mary Lynn Jenkins. What effect can one creative act have on you, your family, your community, your city, the nation, and the globe? What can come out of trusting that you have something to share through your own creativity? These are the questions we'll explore together. Our hope is that you'll walk away from every episode inspired to get into creative action and motivated to try something new, something you haven't tried in years or something you haven't done since you were a little kid. This podcast is an opportunity for you to discover or rediscover your creative spark. I'm so excited to be with you. So get your walking shoes on, get the car packed for a getaway or snuggle up with a cup of coffee and let's enjoy some time together. Well, it's been a minute since I've been on here and shared. I'm happy to be back and in normal fashion, it it feels like I say this each time, but I've missed, I've missed you. I've missed being here, sharing. I've missed the connection that one creative act causes. And I'm really excited about season three. As much as the podcast gives me space to share, it's really a platform for me to listen and highlight amazing people. And I I think if you've been listening along Gosh, season one and season two were packed with just incredibly inspiring people. My job has been to bring out their voice and their story, and I love it. I've really found just a new uh, passion for pulling other people's stories out to be heard in the world. It's been a space where I can support them and they're sharing versus sharing my own story. But this season, season three, it's really big for me. For those of you who are new, again, just thank you. For those of you who have been coming along, thank you so much. Thank you for listening and thank you for being here right now for the start of season three. A little bit of backstory for anybody who's new. The podcast's mission is to inspire creative action. I live in a little beach town outside of Jacksonville, Florida. So it's been important to me to highlight people who I've grown to love here in this area. It's a really, really special area. After a first season featuring great local Jacksonville, Florida creatives, I beefed up season two and added the theme service featuring Jacksonville creatives. But it increased the heartbeat, really, in every episode, I thought. And the response was huge. Just simply by adding this act of service, creatively serving um, to the podcast, 15 amazing creatives who choose to serve through their creative acts, like Nonprofit creators, school visionaries, community builders, they caused season two. 
to be amazing. And it was incredible. This season, for season three, I have a theme also that I'll weave into each episode as well. And it's the first season I'll expand beyond the walls of Jacksonville, Florida. My heart has been called home. And this season is all about welcoming the creative people in my life who cause the experience of home because of who they are, their talents, their commitment to live boldly with humor and heart, and to make every space feel like an invitation, like coming home. A lot of the people that you'll hear from this season are why I feel at home in my life and in my work, my successes and celebrations, and also in a sense why I feel at home even when I'm moving through struggles and challenges. It's funny, isn't it? Home is a physical space that it has the ability to awaken our senses while still holding something very familiar and safe. There's a security in home and it represents for a lot of us a place where we get to throw off our shoes, throw off our coat and relax and ultimately just be ourselves with the ones that we love the most. Home has become my absolute sweetest creative space, particularly in the past two years. And really, it's funny, I've had a consistent love affair with with home my entire life. Like we all know too well, we have each experienced being shut in, literally shut in because of the pandemic. And I realized during the shut-in, the the months that I was shut in, how fortunate I am to have a home that I love. It's white and soft, full of natural light. It comes from big windows that allow me to refresh my perspective whenever I need to. I can just look out. I realized during the shut-in that not everyone has a home to be shut into that there is a real divide in our world. It's a division between those who have and those who have not. It has been because of my home that I've grown softer and more sensitive to loving people who need a home. And it's because of my home that I've been heightened to give more generously to families and to causes that heal the experience of home for others. But it's it's home that actually comes in the shape of something much more meaningful than architecture and good design. It's the people who inhabit it. Home is where the people who matter most come and go from. And my home As my son said this past year, it doesn't even feel right unless there's somebody visiting. I've made my home an open door house. And as a result, good friends come and go. They stay for lengthy visits. And I always want them to feel as if they have a second home here at the beach with me. What happens inside the walls of a home when you're with people 
who feel like home is it's almost indescribable when there's laughter and cooking or great music and ideas, rich conversation, or just a competitive card game and relaxing on the porch. And most recently for me, a home office where so much magic and beautiful conversation happens with my coaching clients, my business partners, through podcasts, conversations. It's hard to describe, but the word that comes to mind is deep and grateful. And I I can't say those lightly, probably overused, but I spent some time thinking about what is it that the experience of home has really caused me to be in. And, and it's, it's depth and gratitude for sure. Hey, y'all. Spring is here. And as I begin season three of One Creative Act, it feels like the beginning of something else too. It's Mighty Women, The Matriarch's Journey. It is back. The premiere program that I led for the first time at the start of 2022 is returning for a spring edition. It's for creative, capable women just like you. It's a workshop series that meets weekly for four consecutive weeks, live and virtual. So this means you get to show up, snuggle up in your favorite chair, and join me and amazing Mighty Women from all over the country. And you get to do it from the comfort of your own home. The workshop is rooted in passion to get you inspired and in action to take on a spring project, a goal, or maybe a dream that you just didn't get around to in quarter one of this year. Oh, it's fun too, isn't it? To have support in getting clear. And this is the place to get it. This workshop is for every woman out there who dreams big and is ready to work, play, connect, and create. And you'd love a little help from a certified coach, that's me, and making great friends and a network of mighty women along the way. That's you. I've coached hundreds of individuals to claim a life fueled by their passion and to experience the treasure through transitions. You're going to leave mighty women with a renewed sense of freedom and creativity and above all, a tangible plan for an idea that you're ready to act on. You'll be supported to push through the fog and create a simple plan that gives you what you need to take steps towards creating something that you've been waiting to create. And you're going to leave with a network of other mighty women to support your inspired action along the way. My normal price for four group sessions is $500 and I'm offering this awesome program for $249. It'll sell out. So visit livebigfishco.com backslash mighty dash women today. We begin Tuesday night, May the 3rd and meet just for 80 minutes through Zoom. We'll move through weekly gatherings each Tuesday until May the 24th. So what better way to spend May? You're invited. So connect if you have questions and registration is open now. I went to school for art and design and ended up with a journalism degree as well. So I, I clearly studied one, one side of the brain in college and 
all I knew was, uh, was really the creative realm. So my dream was to work in the home business. And I was lucky enough to land a job at Southern Living Magazine right out of college. It was part luck, part who I knew, and I hope part of how hard I studied in school. Um, But creativity and home, really, they were always so interconnected. And making the home beautiful, a, a party, memorable, or a dinner, an unforgettable experience, that's what I grew to love in this first job. And really, I I had a love for all of that, but I learned the art of it in my first job at Southern Living. It's where I worked with great photographers, talented stylists, set designers, and incredible test kitchen cooks who taught me all the things they knew. And I just soaked it up. It's where I mentored under a woman who is now my closest friend. I grew up or either she got less mature. Something something happened. I hope she's listening um, because she's my sister now. And she was so generous in everything that she taught me. At the time back then when I was, gosh, I mean, I was in my early 20s. She seemed so much older than me, so wise with impeccable style. What I realized is that actually she taught me everything she could and she elevated me as if I was her equal instead of keeping me as a mentee. Now, in the process, I definitely paid my dues. I ironed linens in a really hot, steamy prop closet. I painted uh, all kinds of backdrops for photo shoots and got sloppy painted on and Loved every bit of it, but I listened and I learned, and it's where I got to be on a creative team and contribute my gifts and where I learned to love home even more. I also had a mama, and I still have her, and I'm so thankful. She connected home and creativity effortlessly. She works harder than any woman I know. And I remember her when I was a little kid with a paintbrush in her hand. And today, always with a spatula in a hand or a gardening tool in her hand. When I pause and I think back about it, I realize that she instilled in me a love for home and making it a creative space to share through decoration, food, music conversation, all those things from a very young age. Coming home for me brings all of these things together. But what I've learned is that just like any other creative act, causing home to be a space like this, it requires intentional action. And being the space of home requires intention. It won't just happen. So I have some things that I want to share, things that I've learned along the way. I've, I've learned things just like you have, you know, from where we come from and what we do and all of those parts and pieces coming together. Things that I've learned along the way stem from being a coach and supporting women 
to create dream projects and live a fulfilled life. It's how I spend my time almost every day coaching women who are moving through transition and want to want to dream big and create something. I've learned a lot through just my own love for being a student and continuing to learn how to be better at speaking and writing and serving others. I've learned through being a designer and working with creative teams and photographers, developing and owning business. But interestingly enough, probably what I have to share uh, with you today about creating home is most rooted in what I've learned as a mama and a wife and having a commitment to create home as the most special place in the world. I hope that these things that I have to share give you some inspiration for this new season, this new season three and this new spring season in our lives for your own creation of home and coming back to it again and again. So the first thing that I've learned and I want to share with you is that no matter how lavish or simple the physical walls of your home are, you are the environment. This is my number one rule. I lived a lot of years keeping my home very buttoned up. If someone sat on the couch, I'd be the first one to straighten it the minute they stood up. If pillows needed to be fluffed, I couldn't relax until I'd fixed them. I was an interior and set designer for 15 years. So I I like to be able to say I can blame my home perfectionism on that. But really, I was caring more about the space and what it looked like, its cleanliness and its tidiness. Honestly, I was caring about it more than I cared about being able to relax and enjoy it and to energetically allow everyone else to relax and enjoy it. I would vacuum before leaving town when no one would even be in my home and my family would think I was crazy and they were right. So while I think there's something amazing to good habits, like making your bed every morning and keeping dirty dishes from piling up in the sink, I also know that those things don't matter if I'm not remembering who I'm being in my home. I am the environment. I am the joy. I am the peace. I am the ease. I am the fun. I actually have the ability to stir everyone up in my house, which makes them eager to get away from me and leave, of course. And I also have the ability to calm everyone down in my house, just in the way I invite them onto the porch to get some fresh air and a cup of coffee. Who I'm being in my home is an art in and of itself. It adds flavor or fire. It adds calm or quarrel. I get to have messes and still be who I want to be. I get 
I get to clean up and I get to organize or take on a house project and be the environment of patience and fun while creating. Isn't that interesting? I've learned that no matter what my environment really looks like, that the environment that matters the most is who I'm being inside my home. The second thing that I've kind of learned along the way is, um, oh, it has to do with all relationships inside the home. And it's stay in the room. That alone can heal. Uh, This is a good one for the heart. And definitely one for building great relationships inside the home. I've been with my husband for 25 years. That is a long time, (laughs) in case you're wondering. And after that much time, we know each other's habits pretty well. We also know each other's hot buttons pretty well. These are like default ways of doing things that sometimes are good and sometimes they're not so good. One thing is talking while walking through the house. It's a default of both of ours. I'm not pointing a finger at him. I'm pointing a finger at both of us talking and walking through the house. And definitely when conversation can turn into a disagreement, one of us walking out of the room. I'm sure y'all can relate to that. We don't want to be in a space in a home when it starts getting heated. So the best thing to do is to walk it, just walk away. While that can be good, I've learned along the way that just staying in the room can heal instead of walking away, just staying in the room, staying in the room alone can heal. I, I taught yoga for 20 years and one of the biggest learning spaces for me was always staying in a pose, staying in a yoga pose as the yoga culture changed and continues to change. And, and there was a faster, more creative way to move from pose to pose that started being introduced. I always found, and I still continue to find that staying in the yoga pose for a little longer period of time, it actually begins to teach me all I need to hear. It can hurt, but it also allows me to grow. It's not fun, but it also teaches me perseverance. It challenges me, but it also teaches me to soften. I've somewhat learned that nothing good comes from dodging it. Just like staying in the room together when there's something to work through. With one of my kids, with my spouse, even when a good friend is coming for the weekend and we need to talk about something. It's been amazing to witness and practice embracing my home, its rooms, and being in the room with people here instead of trying to find a corner to myself. It is being in the spaces together where we connect and spark new ideas together. It's also in staying in the room together when we're heated 
or want to walk out and isolate that we've had some pretty major shouting matches. I'm not going to lie, but also major breakthroughs. The third thing that I've learned that I want to share with you is invite people in that want to be in. Okay, this is a tricky one, and I hope I can share it clearly. I want to share what I've learned about creating home and including people into my home while keeping a commitment to stay above the line of choice. So here's what above the line of choice means. Above the line of choice is a check-in. It's a measure. It sounds sort of like this. Am I speaking and sharing from choice right now to love, commit, have faith, forgive, trust, be in wonder and humor? Or am I speaking and sharing from below the line of choice? And below the line of choice includes things like fear, guilt, judgment, worry, unforgiveness, sarcasm, and doubt. In just about any conversation, in any words that we say, we have the choice to let any of these things be present, speaking from above the line of choice or below the line of choice. It also is super important when we're making decisions, of course. Am I making this decision from fear? Am I feeling reactive and afraid right now? And I'm about to make a decision rooted in fear and reaction? Or am I making this decision from trust, which is above the line of choice? This is above the line, above the line, and, and it's anchored in something completely different than a below the line fear-based decision. So this is important because for years, I just invited people in. In fact, I think one of my core values was invite everyone in. And while this sounds beautiful in black and white and actually seems like a good neighborly thing to do, I've grown in discernment through the years and especially in the last two years. And so this has shaped me in inviting people in that want to be in. I want my home and the conversations in it. And to be quite honest, even the air that moves through my house to be clear, light, refreshing, and loving. I get to know people a little bit more now than I did before. I get to know them a little bit more outside of my home before bringing them in and letting them ooze out and become part of the family and know every corner of my creative space. And with this learning, I can now, from above the line of choice, from joy and trust and faith, I can invite people in who want to come in. This holds true for friendship, deepened relationships, and partnership. I want my home to be somewhat of a sacred space, 
So why would I want anyone here who doesn't really want to be here and who doesn't understand the way that we run our home? Why would I want to invite someone in who doesn't want to share in above the line of choice? And honestly, sometimes I need to ensure that I'm inviting people in that want to be in because I need their support and their choice of lifting up the conversation in the house. Those are the true treasures who we love having here. They're our closest friends who I've invited in and they want to be in. Those are those friends that you call family. My home is a commitment for a different kind of conversation and probably a different picture altogether. It's funny. I have a a few really close friends who joke with me and oftentimes say, Mary Lynn, your home is rated G. And they're right. I keep it above the line of choice as best as I can. And it makes a difference. Those very same dear old friends are the ones who love coming here. They want to be here because of the fresh air they get when we're together and experiencing home together. And I love inviting them in because of how they contribute to me, my home, my family, and deepening life. Inviting people in that want to be in, it's an art. It really is. And I've not mastered it. It's its not a message of exclusion. It's a message of intentional connection. And when connection exists in relationship, it's a natural response to want to share your most special places with those people. The fourth key learning that I want to share. It's two words, clean house. Is there anything in the world like coming home to a clean house? Okay, mama, I'm talking to you. When you are a working mama, I'm really talking to you. I'm just going to go ahead and answer the question for you. There, There is nothing better than coming home to a clean house. The smell, the tidiness, the order. I had a huge insight a few years ago around why I love keeping a clean house. Not proud to admit this, but it's because it's really the only thing that I can control. No one else will clean it like I do or fold the laundry like I do or stack the towels the way I do or make the bed the way I do. And no one else takes on rearranging or hanging art or wiping the baseboards quite like I do in my own house. So yes, clean your house. Be a good steward of what you have. I think it stirs our senses in great ways when we see a clutter-free space. It's good for us. In fact, There's so much science behind the impact on the brain when we have clear space to work from and create from. And a house, one room at a time, is a great place to start cleaning. But another thing that comes up for me in this learning is what has to happen in order to move forward. And what I'm talking about is like, with, with a creative project, a new concept that we want to launch, a new idea into reality, we have to declutter 
and sometimes even throw some old stuff away so we can see a clear playing field, so we can have a clear space. I went through a pretty excruciating loss last year with lots of crazy twists and turns. The pandemic affected me like it affected so many others in small businesses, and I was left with baggage, emotional hurt, betrayal from former coworkers, financial concerns, a lot of doubt, and honestly, a good bit of anger. I did the best I could do. And what I know now is that clean house, and I mean that as like a command right now with an exclamation point, it became my motto. I had to clean my brain, clean my language, clean my body. I had to clean house. And how do you do all that? Well, I first had to acknowledge that my body and my spirit was completely worn out. No one was going to tell me to stop, slow down, or recover. Only I could do that for myself. So I found a counselor. I found a nutritionist. I changed all of my exercise patterns so I could reclaim my movement. I stopped talking about things. I stopped talking about people who had hurt me during the past years of challenge. I cleaned my house. I realized that we're not all capable of taking advantage of all those components. I feel so fortunate that I was able to build a support team around me to support me in cleaning house. But what I offer to you and what I really want you to get is to just check in with your daily cleaning, how you're cleaning your house each day. Now, does some cobweb show up every once in a while? Of course. And I'm here to tell you that when you clean your house and you're a commitment for that, you start attracting a clean house club. And that's exactly what started. Old friends who I missed during the years became more consistent phone calls. Great friendships who were primarily phone conversations became monthly visitors and Local friends who I was always too busy for became weekly walks, coffees, and deepened relationships right on my back porch. So when I think about this one, clean house, I see it, I see it with an exclamation point for myself as a reminder to keep my body, my mind, and my spirit clean because I want to be this in the world and I want to have friends that are the same for me. I see it as a statement with a period at the end, and that always reminds me to gently do a little cleaning of the cobwebs, almost like a check-in to myself. How am I spending my time? Who am I spending my time with? Am I living at the level of intention that I want to be? Is it time to do just a little cleaning up? I also see it with that sort of that Mr. Clean sparkle on every letter clean house, representing how grateful I am when I'm in the experience of coming home to a clean house with all the sweet smells, the order that I love creating, and the people found inside its walls. Okay, number five, 
leave the door open for fluidity. Ah, this is a good learning about creating home and being the environment inside your home. I learned this last year and as if this is like a huge shock, I'm sure it's not to those of you who know me, I learned really solidly that I am an action person. Um, it's not like I didn't already know this about myself. I love, I love action. I love, I'm like, okay, en- enough, enough conceptualizing, enough imagining it. All right, let's get down to action. I love a house project. I used to have to, you know, work really fast and on a budget for all kinds of homes projects for photo shoots. So I learned how to make whatever needed to happen, happen really fast because we only had a particular window to ensure the light was perfect for the shot. So I I think I became an action person because of my love for home. I'm not really sure. I don't know what came first, but nonetheless... I love action. I loved building business, both as a designer and a yoga studio owner and teacher. I equally love the challenge and seeing the risk. And I love feeling a little bit of fear and confronting it so I can move through that challenge. There's a lot of things I'll drag my feet on. Don't get me wrong. So, I, I mean, I, there's there's one thing in particular I'm dragging my feet on, like cleaning out my garage. But tell me to start building a garden and I'm ready to dig. So um, I'm, I think I'm an action person in almost every way, but there's definitely areas where I'm like, don't, I'm not going to touch that. My point is I like action and creating. I operate pretty disciplined and definitely with a schedule in order to get it all done and to be able to enjoy it. So in learning that I love action I realized there might be something for me to learn in letting go of action, in letting go of constantly doing. There might be something in letting go that could bring in a little more wiggle room for fluidity, both in my pursuits for building my coaching business, Big Fish Co., anywhere in my home, where I feel that discipline of wanting to go straight into action, you know, it's, it's really looking everywhere. Where can I leave the door open for some fluidity now knowing that that doesn't necessarily come easily for me? Here's what it can look like in a really small way, but in a way that matters. I used to hold a calendar that my husband told me didn't leave room to take a potty break. No joke. And it is sort of true. I just wanted to get like a week's worth of stuff done in a day. And then I would sip one little breath of air and there was no space for whimsy or mystery or a surprise. I mean, I honestly, I just wouldn't even have time for it. So what I've learned about myself and how I want to create home is that leaving the door open for fluidity sure does feel sweeter. It's a lot more fun. And although I run a very full schedule every day, 
I really put forth the same sweetness to leave the door open for just a touch of fluidity, some space for sitting outside in the sun and really doing nothing but just daydreaming. I know. I mean, it took a lot for me to actually do this. And it's been amazing. I actually taught people to do this as a teacher. And I still couldn't do it for myself. And I've taught forever the value of of boredom. Creativity requires boredom. But I sure wasn't going to allow myself to do nothing. It was too loose, you know. It was too undisciplined. And now there's this whole new refreshment in life, really recognizing that that fluidity creates something so sweet. The flip side of the coin, of course, is if your door is open for fluidity all the time, maybe crack the door open for a little structure. Nonetheless, this has brought a really amazing rhythm into my home. And I love it. And after all, isn't that really what matters the most? Is creating home, causing the experience of home for everyone who comes into our space and allowing people to feel the rhythm that we can generate. I know building a home is a process. My husband and I have done it three times, um, learned a lot every single time. We've done it on the West Coast, we've done it in the center of the country, and we've done it now on the east side of the country in the northeast corner of Florida. So it's completely fitting that in season three, I feel like I'm coming home. I feel really in my skin. I know who I am. And despite some hard blows in 2020 and 2021, I recognize that home healed me and all of the faces, the friends, the family, and the creative conversations that happen here. They've actually really healed me. Home is where the heart is. But how awesome to spend some time looking at the heart and how we each have the ability to soften the heart and as a result, soften the home. It's also important for me to say that this season, we're going to be celebrating. We're going to celebrate One Creative Act's first birthday. Oh my gosh, y'all. It will be a very special episode for sure. And all I can say is thank you. You've gotten me through a major, major transition in life, a letting go and a letting God couple of years that although I don't want to repeat any of it, I certainly wouldn't be in the experience of one creative act had I not felt the push and answered the call. I'm so excited to be bringing some people to the season who mean the world to me, friends, talents, creatives, and all who share in making home special, or they've given me the experience of home. You're going to love season three. 
we are still here to inspire creative action. And this season, I hope that above all, you find your way home too. I hope you celebrate the people who represent home to you. And I hope you're inspired to create your home to be the space that only you can create it to be, that you create your home for the beautiful rhythm that you can bring to it. Above all, create home as the sweetest place because you are the invitation. Thank you so much for joining me today on One Creative Act. I hope this conversation has you imagining what's possible to move in the direction of the creativity you have and to take action to ignite it. I hope you're inspired and recognize that you too have been born with an adventure only you can create. If you enjoyed this conversation, hit the subscribe or follow button, write a review or share it with a friend and connect with us on Instagram at One Creative Act. Share what you loved about this episode on your Instagram story and tag us. New episodes drop every Thursday, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I can't wait to create again together.